Before we crack on with the podcast this week, let me first just apologise for the quality of my audio recording. Uh, just mine. Gavin and Laura, perfectly fine. Um, last week, I was uh, told I was too quiet, so I pressed a button on my microphone and made a mistake. Um, it, the podcast is still really good. I hope you listen to it. Uh, just maybe don't have it on with headphones too loud, uh, because I will hurt you with my voice, a bit like Banshee from the X-Men, but but a lot more crap. Um, I'm just me being crap. The podcast isn't crap. It's good. Listen to it. Listen to it. it it's good. It is good. Uh, we talk about a lot of fun things, uh, but, but I'd just like to apologise for that. Next week, for defos, mate, uh, the podcast will sound sublime like silk in your ears. Not that good, I'm overstating the fact, but but it'll be better. Uh, but this is still a lot of fun. I hope you watch it, watch it, listen to it. Um, uh, oh god. No way out, just city when I know that there's hot cash coming back. Hot, hot cash. Hello and welcome to the second episode of Composition. Uh, to talk about questions that were had last time, yes, we have an RSS feed, that's happened now. Had to get SoundCloud's permission, and they granted it like kings from on high. Uh, we are now on iTunes, so you can go over there, download it there, subscribe, write nice little reviews, give it five stars, any less than that, and we will uh, sue you for plagiarism and copyright infringement, because that's how we do things around here. Uh, I'm your host, Jim Sterling. I am joined by Laura Kate. Once again, I have opinions on Ubisoft this week. It's going to be a recurring theme, I'm pretty sure. Well, that is in keeping. I'm, I'm, I am actually worried about how many episodes of Jimquisition I do about Ubisoft, because it, it's like, I, I have other stuff. I have other material. Uh, but, but you wouldn't tell looking at my what? videos. So do I, but it just so happens the day we're recording, there's a thing that's happened with Ubisoft, which is, you know, no matter what day we recorded this, that would be the case. So I'm just like... Ubisoft, I have words for you again. <laughs> yeah, uh, we will get to those. Um, also, introducing... Oh, I say introducing. I don't need to introduce Gavin because I introduced him last bloody week. Gavin, hello. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm good, thank you very much. Awesome. Have you got words to say about Ubisoft this week? You know, I'm forever going to be the dev devil's advocate on Ubisoft because I like Ubisoft, so, you know... <laughs> I am going to be the the counterpoint to all of this. <laughs> okay. Uh, you say you like Ubisoft, yes. right? I, yes. Quick question before we begin. Mm-hmm. How? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, they've made some of my favorite games, and they're very good to me, and I hope to see them releasing games in better condition next year because I really want to love their games. But here's, here's the thing, though. You, I think you might have yeah. forgotten the key thing of this. Yeah. They are Ubisoft. Did, <laughs> that I think is you true. might have forgotten that they're Ubisoft because they're Ubisoft and as such, everything they do is pretty shit. I'd like to add a follow-on to that. Um, fuck them. <laughs> Uh, but um, as a matter of disclosure, because um, we are all about the disclosure, yeah, um, uh, if I if I remember correctly, you've done some work with them with your songs and stuff. Yeah, I've done like um, I haven't done any paid work with them, but I've done cross promotional things with them. Obviously, I'm colluding. 
That's fine. I should talk about unethical stuff. I've been unethical this week. I got sent stuff by a PR company for a review. Woo! No, you know what it you know what it is, guys. This is a decision, and you see, it's different for you guys because you're critics. But I don't have to do that <laughs> as part of my job. I decided like a year and a half ago that I was going to only focus on the positives when it came to my job. And that's why I kind of I'm I'm in a fortunate position because you guys are critics. You have you, to look at this stuff. You're allowed you know to be I mean? as corrupt as you like. That's what you're saying. I'm allowed to <laughs> ignore the bad stuff and focus on the good. And that means, as critics, we we can't do these things, but we can exploit you. Uh, yes. So we can get you on the podcast, surround you with Mountain Dew and Doritos. We all split the winnings, <laughs> yeah. and no one's any the wiser. Yeah, because I'm, I'm not a games journalist, <sighs> so, you know, we can be as unethical as we want through me. I, I, I believe that's the way we do it. We use you as, as like the um, blue things in James Cameron's Avatar, except instead of, of ingratiating ourselves into an indigenous <laughs> population of a heavenly planet, we just score some free Mountain Dew. <laughs> Which, to be honest, is a lot more noble. But, Laura, you said you've been corrupt this week. Yeah, I've, I've been corrupted this week. I'm drinking Call of Duty Advanced Warfare Monster Assault Energy, the drink. Which is a which is a Call of Duty... You can't call your drink assault! No one wants that! It's, it's the Call of Duty energy drink, and... The drink that's just gonna punch you in the face! Yeah, so, here's the thing... I picked a can of this up without realising it, without looking at it properly, and got it home and was like, oh, fuck, I'm drinking I'm, I'm drinking Call of Duty, what do I do? So I did the natural thing anyone, thing anyone would do, which is I tried to review the multiplayer of this drink, and um, people, people seemed to enjoy the review, um, some people at Monster enjoyed the review, and as such, I now, for the remainder of the Podquisition podcast, will be drinking... Let me get the name right again. Brand awareness. I will be drinking Call of Duty Advanced Warfare Monster Assault Energy, the drink. Compliments of Monster Energy. Because I do okay. review and as such they're sending me <laughs> free stuff. <laughs> and, I, and I'm the corrupt one. <laughs> I'm drinking Iron Maiden own brand beer. So That's fine. As long as I accept my corruption, no one can criticise me. It, the aggression in the marketing of these drinks. Now, I'm an energy... I've actually... I'm not sponsored by it. I paid for my low-carb Monster Energy that I'm drinking right now. Uh, one of the big ones that you get at gas stations. It's like a big oxygen tank. But instead of precious life-giving oxygen, it's just full of basically toxic waste. Um, and so I'm drinking my own. I've never been able to get them to sponsor me, uh, even for a joke. Uh, I've tried many times. They won't do it. They're arrogant like that. Um... But I like a good energy drink, but it's always so aggressive. I'm waiting for a drink that comes out that's just called Fuck You. <laughs> I remember last year, Laura, Jim, at the Escapist Expo, there was this, like, mountain of of energy drink there. Oh, and I don't know what this stuff was. It was like It was like somebody went into the fucking pond in Megaton in Fallout and, like, scooped out a bunch of mud and radioactive waste and mixed it with rocket fuel. And I, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Jim was the only one who drank it. <laughs> well, I, I, I did venture to drink one or two cans of it. Now, I'm the kind of person that drinks Monster Energy for the taste. That's the kind of freak <laughs> you are talking to. Uh, but even I thought that, that it was NOS. That's what it was called. Even I, like, I thought it was short for Nosferatu. It tasted so vile. <laughs> I was just going to say, there was more NOS there than, than all of us put together, I think, could reasonably drink. I mean, there was... 
there are like 10 or 20 of us from the escapist at this expo, not counting, you know, I think it was well over a thousand or two of uh, people there. And there was more monster energy than any one of them could reasonably need. <laughs> not monster, sorry, the NOS energy. Like, the walls were packed with it, just cans and cans. I have no idea what I'm going to do with all of this now, because I did this review, I never even mentioned the taste, which is, honestly, it's cheap off-brand cola flavour. But, like, I'm I'm now being provided with more of this drink than I will get through in quite some time, and it's just this moment of, what did, what is my life? I complained that this drink had no online multiplayer, and a PR person told me, I'm sorry, we didn't have Kevin Spacey inside the can. <laughs> that is my life now. I'm genuinely, genuinely kind of surprised that people will buy game branded stuff like that. I, I, I find that very. I find it surprising that people will buy a drink because it has Call of Duty on it. It works. I, wouldn't you buy it? it, it it's, you know, you, no. it's got a great, refreshing single player campaign. Um, if you buy the Straw DLC, you can play with a co op partner. Can I mix it with vodka? Yes, you can. Crossover potential, see? You know, it's all about brand synergy. But vodka is the secret unlockable character. <laughs> <laughs> it comes with a picture of Reznov on the uh, on the tin. <laughs> and Gary Oldman. It clearly must you. work, though, all this stuff, because every year, um, I think they're doing it right now as well with the Master Chief Collection out, like... Um, Mountain Dew does their Halo stuff. Who buys it? Is it? I presume it's mostly school kids who would buy that kind of thing. Maniacs, I think. I think. I think it's mainly you know hardcore serious journalists like myself that are trying to do the hard hitting investigations into into you know yes, the yes. the future of the Call of Duty brand, as it were. This is important investigative journalism. Absolutely, it, it's the only journalism. It's the only journalism that's ever existed by people. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, branded food, I mean, Doritos and Mountain Dew have, like, it's a joke to gamers, the kind of people who would listen to this podcast. Mm. The whole Mountain Dew and Doritos thing is a joke. Well, someone has to be buying it. <laughs> in the real world, you know, not the world inhabited by us, but in the real world, there's no shame. Like, I see Mountain Dew and Doritos commercials, like, like th there's one, I believe, for uh, Advanced Warfare, where it's just like, you know, FUEL YOUR GAME WITH DEW AND DORITOS, YOU PIECE OF SHIT! <laughs> On the ad, they should just have, like, pictures of the guys in Korea who die in the internet gaming cafes. Don't you want to be like these cool assholes? Drink it down, you son of a bitch! Oh, see, I'm already planning my next one of these branded reviews. Pizza Hut over here in the UK currently has a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pizza, so I'm quite tempted <laughs> to find out how much turtle is on that pizza. I, I can understand how that works, because historically, I mean... Pizza there was is a, their yeah. thing. That kind of makes sense. <laughs> There's something thematic there. There's a poetry to that. But then you mentioned before we recorded, Laura, that, that that's not the only Pizza Hut brand deal that you've seen. Oh, God. I think it was a Call of Duty branded pizza they did last year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what half of these brand deals are about. But What was on it? I don't what was know. On it? Burned down houses and bits of American flag. Was, there a, was it gun shells and... The tears of people who lost family members in a war. The pineapple topping was like grenade pineapples. <laughs> yeah. It's going to explode with flavour in your mouth, but also going to explode in your mouth. Yeah, warning. <laughs> Pizza will explode literally. With a light dusting of Parmesan anthrax. Doritos, though, as a gaming snack as well. It does... 
again, that doesn't make sense to me because Doritos have like this powder and get shit all over your hands and I'm very yeah. neurotic when it comes to having clean hands when I'm using my controller. What you... they've done is they've missed a trick because if I were to bring out a gaming themed uh, Doritos, it would come with a straw and be liquefied. <laughs> it would be like a Capri Sun but with like a mulched Dorito puree and you just kind of suck it up through a slurry straw. <laughs> That attaches to your ears with a hinge like a fucking horse's feed bag, because that's how you deserve to look. Okay, there is there is an important question we need to assess, I think, before we go any further with this podcast. Mm-hmm. The Podquisition branded pizza, what's going to be on it? That's a very good question. Other than, you know, just heartbroken dreams and ass piss. Well, honestly, I mean, if we just look at what we've talked about in the last episode and this one, I really do think it urine and monster energy. And to be honest, there's not much difference between the two. And you can put some potatoes on it for me. (laughs) There we go. The potato, urine and monster energy pizza coming soon to a Pizza Hut near you. Just tweet Pizza Hut. Tell them you'd like this pizza, please. Alliteration. The potato piss pizza. (laughs) The potato piss power pizza. Hashtag potato piss power pizza. Tweet at pizza. Oh my god. The potato piss power podquisition pizza. (laughs) Fuel your gaming with the (laughs) You can just call it the Yeah. And I should write songs or something. Oh goodness. And while you're eating that, you could play a game from Ubisoft because Ubisoft did shit this week. What did Ubisoft do? What did they do this week? I don't know. Well, they released the Krubisoft. Oh, oh the okay. Krubisoft. The Krubisoft full of microtransactions. You've had I'm, with I'm, this, Jim. I'm very proud of it. I, I'm going to do a recru of it uh, following my Krukrub video that I uh, did on the internet. And it's given people a lot to crew over, even though some said I was quite cruel. <laughs> I, th- oh, I didn't God. think you were cruel. I thought you were fairly crude, though. Mm-hmm. Ah, see, I can do it too. <laughs> Stop muffling in on my gimmick. Um, yes, the crew came out, and I played a bit of it, and I played... A bit more of it. Favourite bit in the game so far is when you're chasing a guy in the along the beach. You're in a car and he's in a car. And the guy giving you missions and stuff um, uh, speaks over the radio and he's just like, Yeah! Yeah! Get all up in his ass! Uh, and I did. Can you, uh, can, can you accrue items by cruising around the countryside? I see this is going to be a thing. Um, <laughs> now, now, now I'm going to go very quiet while I think of more croupons. <laughs> um, well, but yes. well, you, you've got to go quiet while you accrue some more puns. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. See, see, see what we did. See what we did. Have to get up early in the morning to catch crew. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's crucial that we nip this in the bud. We're saying yes, the let's... word crew a lot. Yes. If you did, we crew you in on that. Anyway. Um, the thing that really struck me with this game is Ubisoft's not even trying to hide it anymore. Uh, Are you saying they were trying to hide it before? Uh, well, they at least tried to dress up some of the stuff they were doing and hide the business side of Ubisoft behind uh, uh, the rest, behind gameplay. But when I booted up the game um, after playing it the first time, I booted up for a second session, the first thing that popped up on the screen was a commercial, basically, uh, for more of their in-game currency that I could buy. 
the crew credits, as they call it. And um, it's it's got two currencies, like a free-to-play game, except this is a $60 game. So Crudits. Crudits, exactly. And and you've got to pay, pay for them with cash. You can't use a coupon. So... <laughs> There are two forms of currency. There's the regular cash dollars, and there are crew credits, uh, which you pay for with real money. And there are, you know, the first one is like one ninety nine for some crew credits. Goes all the way up to like fifty nine ninety nine, uh, and that's the the way you go about getting cars and car parts and everything faster. Like it is beyond shameless. And the fact that they basically give you commercials for it when you uh, log in for the first time is unbelievable. <clears throat> Would I be right in thinking that racing game fans are very easy to exploit with uh, microtransactions? It's all car porn, isn't it? Well, yeah, it does seem to be a popular um, field for doing this. Forza did the same, and uh, some of the mobile games that have had particularly infamous uh, terrible microtransactions have been uh, racing games. So I guess people do, they're going to pay to get their, their brand name car faster. And that's what really fucking gets me, is this game costs fifty nine ninety nine. has a season pass, has a special edition that's like 80 bucks, yeah. uh, has microtransactions, is going to have DLC, and is also full of brand sponsorship from things like Ford and Xfinity and everything. It's like, how much money do you <laughs> fucking need? Yeah. And they tell us these things. Oh, games are so expensive now. They have to have DLC. They're going to have to have microtransactions. It's like you're being sponsored by Ford and Xfinity. And you're probably going to have a sandwich deal and be sponsored by Doom Doritos. You wouldn't have had this in Ivan Stewart's super off-road, I tell you. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Fucking naughty dog telling us how poor they are. Remember that Micro Machines game on the Mega Drive? That was awesome. Yes. I think that Ubisoft need to bring back micro machines just so that they can have micro transaction machines. Exactly. God, that would write itself. Um, But yeah, yeah, the good old days when racing games, when when games were just games. I still remember there was a a quote I isolated uh, and and bring up a lot when John Riccatello, the then CEO of EA, got up on stage at E3 and said, there was once a time where the game you uh, bought was the game you got. And he said that like it was a bad thing. Wasn't that the same speech where he said, um, when the player is in a few hours in emotionally invested in the game, they are not very price sensitive. And he starts talking about charging people to reload their guns. <laughs> oh, God. I think that was a, I think that was a, um, uh, an investor meeting. Uh, the EA press conference where he did this a few years ago, like, like the first half of the conference was just them getting up and basically, in di- more flowery words, just saying, hey, come on, stop being annoyed at DLC, it's good. I see, I bought some racing DLC, like, literally yesterday, and I'm really happy with it, is I bought the Mario Kart 8 DLC where I get to be Link on a horse-shaped motorbike driving around, like, an extra quarter of the game. Um, Nintendo know how to do it. Yeah. They're doing it right. Like, I'll give Nintendo £7 to be Link swinging his sword about on a horse-shaped motorbike while I go over an excite bike track. I'll pay well, them £7 he, for that, because that's good. Well, that's the, that's the thing. DLC did not always used to be the dirty word it is today. I mean, can you remember when, when Bethesda put out, like... Um, the, the expansions for Oblivion, now not including obviously the, the horse armor, but the expansions they put out for Oblivion were well worth the money they were charging. Oh yeah. That. Well, I love I love, this is the thing, people often think I hate DLC, and I've had to say multiple times in, in various episodes of Inquisition and stuff, mm. I love DLC as a mm-hmm. concept, as a thing 
I love it. I hate how it's been twisted and mutated and warped. I'd say read your review of, of Smash Bros, where you literally just go on and on and on and on and on about about Mewtwo DLC because Mewtwo's really cool. <laughs> you do do right by it, and like the Hyrule Warriors stuff. Like I very rarely buy DLC these days because it's not the kind of DLC I used to love. So far, I've picked up every bloody thing that's come out for Hyrule Warriors because you buy a pack and you get. You know, a new character or two, you get a whole bunch of new costumes for everyone, a whole bunch of new weapons, um, a whole new gameplay mode in each one. There's a new adventure mode with all new stages and challenges. Like, it's so robust, yeah. what you get, uh, that, that that I'm more than happy to pay for it. Uh, and then you compare it to stuff like Dead Space. Like, I've said this before, I love Dead Space as a series. Oh, I adore Dead Space. it. I adore the design of, the, the, of Isaac's rigs. The, the 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 rig of, of um... oh, best best hood in ever in a oh game. yeah yeah and the costume that the design of his uh, costume is awesome and I love that they have as DLC all these different costumes mm. but they're like six bucks and shit it's like what did it <laughs> what, totally off topic here but what did you think of Dead Space three I I was disappointed with it. <laughs> it That's what like... I thought of it. That's my entire thoughts on it. Just... Yeah. It's it's one of you know what Dead Space Three is is a perfect example of the lesson that when you try to please everyone, you please no one. That's very true. I mean, I am. Um... I was a lot more forgiving towards it than a lot of people. I did think it was still a great game. I think it could have been beyond great. I think it could have been stellar, but but it, it was held back. Here's the thing. I think it was a good game, but it was a shit Dead Space game. Like, you put that next to Dead Space 1, and it is not the same series. No. Oh, that is true. It was an okay, it was an okay shooter, you know, and, and Dead yeah. Space was so much more than that. Yeah, Dead Space is one, Dead Space is one of those ones I do hope they bring... Out as one of those HD re-releases, mm. um, you know, put that on PS4, Xbox One, or three. I guess you'd have all three of them together. Play the I first love, two. I just love endlessly. to see them make a new one. And back, back to the, the the theme of just stuck on one ship, completely claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, I want to see the Dead Space team do essentially Alien Isolation. Stuck on a ship, one big crazy thing trying to kill you. Be the Dead Space guy. I'd go for that. But but Dead Space Three, I um I did like. And I did play through it more than once. Not as much as I replayed uh, the, the others. Um, but again, microtransactions put into it. Fucking shameless. And I think that's the reason it got ruined, is because they did that, and they had to come up with a combat and weapon system that catered to it. Because remember in the first and second Dead Space, there's this beautifully tense, um, methodical nature to the combat, where you're picking each shot carefully and aiming, whereas in mm-hmm. Dead Space 3, they piled ammo on you, and just made the enemies more spongy, so you're just, like, basically spraying all over the place, like, fucking, I don't know, Ron Jeremy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> this is why I this is why I take umbrage with anyone who, who justifies these microtransactions by saying, ah, you can just ignore them. Ah, they're, uh, you know, they're not messing with us too much. They're not forcing us to buy stuff. You can get it all in-game <clears> if you grind anyway. But it's like, that's not strictly true, because by the very nature of them... They've altered the game. Like the microtransactions might be "quote unquote" optional, yeah. but it wasn't optional to have them in there in the first place and exactly. mess up the dynamic of the game. Microtrans, like cosmetic microtransactions, I'm all fine with that. Like Mass Effect Two, I remember I I I bought a microtransaction in that because it gave like Garrus a new outfit or something, you know. <laughs> but it didn't change the fundamental game. Well, I've always been a big proponent of. 
A microtransaction is something I will give to a company if I want to, not because the game's made me feel I need to in order to yeah. enjoy the game. Yeah. You make a really good game, and then it, and it's so good that I think, this is awesome, I'm having the best time, I want to support this further. Uh, that's awesome. If you can do that, that's fine. If you've structured your game the way, like, say, they did with that Dungeon Keeper mobile uh, earlier this year, uh, where it is the whole game is, is based on barriers and gates and ransoms, that's when I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> Jim, why did you have to remind me Dungeon Keeper Mobile existed? I'd managed to purge that from my memory until now. <laughs> I'd managed to erase the existence of that terrible, terrible thing from my mind. The, the, the North remembers, and <laughs> the world should not be allowed to forget. And it's I certainly won't be forgetting when it comes time for the end of the year um, uh, top ten shittiest games that I do, which has so much competition. Uh, I, I almost can't. This was I, a really I don't know what to shit year. <laughs> I have to say, this was, it was, a this bad was the year. worst year for games I can recall. I mean, not just in bad games, but in disappointing games as well that were supposed to be great. And just, it's like, not yeah. an unpopular opinion. A lot of people are saying that. Like, I mean, when you combine the fact that Steam just shat the bed this year, um, and then there are things like Watch Dogs, which I thought was superb, <laughs> but a lot of people were very disappointed by it. Um, I, like, I liked Watch Dogs. I thought it was very good. Uh, Titanfall, a lot of people felt disappointed by. Uh, I certainly, again, I thought it was a great game, yeah. but the amount of hype behind it, it was only going to let people down. Yeah, um, I, I think this was this was the year of publishers promising that next gen would be like the same kind of leap we got from the the GameCube and the PS2 up to the PS3 and 360 generation, and it's not that kind yeah. of leap. It, it's never going to be it's that kind of all. leap. But we're being promised every big AAA releases. Yes, we're making the big leap to next. It's like no, it's 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 shinier, but yeah. That's extra frustrating as a PC gamer because you know your machine can do better than it's being given. <laughs> oh yeah, like I'm playing um, the crew at 60 frames per second on the PC, and uh, you know the next gen versions are, or so you know current gen versions are 30 on uh, PS4 and Xbox One, um, which is just. You know, it's a, it's a I, child's frame rate. Can I uh, address a really annoying thing? Is when people say that the difference between 30 and 60 doesn't matter. That pisses me off so much. They 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 say it's like, oh, graphics aren't important. Frames per second isn't to do with graphics. It's to mm -hmm. do with your gameplay experience. It makes Absolutely. the gameplay better when it's 60 frames per second. It's not to well, do with yeah. fucking graphics. When I was having a go at Ubisoft for lying about... Um, the, the, the 30 frames per second being better uh, than 60. And someone was angry with me and said, oh, God, you, I, you, you just want them to focus on graphics. It's like, no, it's not focus. It's the opposite of focusing on graphics. It's the it's gameplay. 30, <laughs> yeah, it's 30 frames per second because they filled Paris with, like, thousands of like, people on screen who you don't give a shit about and add, really add nothing to the gameplay. Exactly. And it's, it's more cinematic. <laughs> it, cut it to cinematic. 720p, remove a third of that needlessly large crowd, get it at 60 frames a second, and we'll be happier. Also, stop yeah. people's faces vanishing. That would also be nice. And games, that would be nice. Games aren't cinema, so they shouldn't be cinematic. They should be video gamatic. Exactly. It's I was like saying it on Twitter. Like, what's next? Are going to be more photographic? You know, give us like one frame per minute, and it's like my my game is frozen. It's like no, no, no. You don't understand. It's just more photographic that they, way. They they already did that. That was the additional ending to Mass Effect Three. It was very photographic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Speaking like, of can... DLC and Mass Effect, 
the most offensive DLC I can ever remember was Javik. That was the biggest dick move and exploitation of passionate fans I've ever seen. Because everyone, they knew everyone would want to know what the Prothean was like. And basically the Prothean is a huge dick who's like, why the fuck are you such a useless species? And repeatedly reminds you how useless you are. But but he gives such important lore in his story that I can't imagine playing Mass Effect 3 not having that lore. I got actively annoyed when he was in the Citadel DLC. I was like, no, you have not earned the right to be at this lovely party in my in my penthouse. No, go away, Javik. No, I, I never played um, beyond the first one. Oh, okay. Uh, I've been meaning to get through, because everyone says the second yeah, one's way better. Yeah, 2 is, is, is my probably number 2 game of all time. Yeah, so I, 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 I need to play it, but I just I don't have the... Clearly, obviously, don't have the, the experience everyone else has. So whenever Mass Effect comes up, I just sit sit in the corner very quietly with my finger over my lips like I was in school. What was it about the first one you didn't like? Was it the combat? It was it being shit. That's what I didn't like. Um, I mean, yeah, I didn't like the combat. I thought that what I really didn't like was how it tried to be a methodical shooter and yes. then threw a whole bunch of fast-running melee enemies at you. Yeah. Like it, it, there was no, it didn't seem structured right. And I hated that Mako, the fucking bounce. Like, I, I like this. The car seemed to be like it was a bar of soap slaloming on spongy water. <laughs> Everyone I did not like it. Oh, goodness. So, can I talk about my thing that I'm pissed off with Ubisoft for? Oh, please. So, Ubisoft, um, they're making a new Assassin's Creed, which has been leaked and it's set in Victorian London. I have a problem with this because. Well, primarily because it's Ubisoft, and I don't trust them not to mess up England, because every country they've set an Assassin's Creed in so far, they've messed it up. I do not want to see Assassin's Creed in England. Also, I suspect they might be... People have been talking about Jack the Ripper. Who's Jack the Ripper? Find out in the DLC for Assassin's Creed Victory, because... Oh, you know that's going to happen. You know it's Mm going to happen. The Shadow Over Whitechapel DLC. I, I am already predicting that like Jack the Ripper is going to... T- like We're going to find out Jack the Ripper lore and it's going to turn out... Oh no, it turns out he was one of the assassins. He was doing it for all the right reasons. J- Jack the Ripper was an alright guy. Either that or he was a Templar. That seems to be their explanation for everything. Oh, that cat's a Templar! Get it! I want them to set one in in, in Ireland at the start of the century when, when the Civil War was happening. That would be a really good setting for them. Well, they could, but that would, you know, mean acknowledging that Britain is anything other than England. Mm. That is true. Well, they had, they had, they finally gave us an Irish protagonist this year, and he's fucking fighting for England, <laughs> and he's a Templar. What's with that? <laughs> and I hated him, and it wasn't because he was Irish. <laughs> every, every time he went, clearly you are not grey. <laughs> Every time he went piss pot, I just wanted to say, I just wanted to push him off the fucking roof. It's like, how old are you? You look like you're about 50 or 60 and you're calling another man piss pot. Yeah, which, by the way, is a word we never say in Ireland. And Shay's, Shay's Irish accent was pretty bad, so, I have to say. So you're not <laughs> saying, you're, you're saying that you're not surnamed like O'Shea and you don't have a potato farm and you don't say piss pot. Oh, no, there are, and... there are a lot of O'Shea's. 
and a lot of potato farms. <laughs> but, but those two things but we do don't not, say piss pot. You don't say piss pot. Or top of the morning. Okay, thank you. And we don't, and we don't eat Lucky Charms. Wait, no, no, no top of the morning. You have shattered my opinion of everything I knew of your country. Uh, there you go. <laughs> we may have said it, but, you know, um, at some point in and, history. Uh, one Irish person said it once to an American. That's what happened. Well, you, you, Gavin, have just said it, so, you know, now it's canon that it, it is a thing people say. Well, it's going to come back into fashion now because I said I'm, it. I'm That's just going to take that clip of you yeah. saying it and just play it on loop for a minute. Just until well, everyone knows who goes shouting. If you walk down on, on, on Grafton Street tomorrow, there's going to be all the hipsters going top of the morning to you. <laughs> top of the morning to you, bro. Top of the morning, O'Shea. <laughs> They're going to be up in Dublin saying top of the morning. With their, their skanky Dublin accents, what? While drinking monstrous salt energy drinks. If if you, if you can get alcohol-filled one, we will definitely Oh, absolutely. That. Well, and anything's possible in that uh, particular region. That's another true stereotype, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, how, how badly do we think Ubisoft are going to mess up England, then? Well, I mean, um, they're going to mess it up insofar as everybody's faces are just going to be eyes and teeth, <laughs> and they're probably going to fall through the map into the oblivion by- below. Laura, by mess it up, do you mean just not um, grasp the culture of the time, is it? I'm thinking that it's going to be basically Americans in top hats with French accents. That is what London is going to be full of. (laughs) Because every character they write is an American with a French accent living in whatever country. (laughs) So that's that's my prediction. I'm not sure if we've played the same Assassin's Creed games. (laughs) That's how I view them. Every every Assassin's Creed person feels like they're an American in whatever country they're in. Well, I I went to... um... I went to Venice and Rome after playing the two games set there, and I was able to find myself around those cities from having played the games. Oh, the cities are fine, it's just they're full of of people that are written as Americans. It was very dissonant, maybe because, um, because obviously France is something I'm more familiar with than, say, you know, the time of the actual Knights Templar and shit that they've had in other uh, games. But, you know, France, you know, I've been to France, I've met French people, so seeing a place set in France where people are speaking all with English accents, um, and only sometimes saying French words in amongst all the British words was very weird and jarring. Yeah, the problem with that though is, have you ever heard a French person speaking English? Oh, goodness. It, it, I read an interview about this, and they said the reason they didn't include it was it was just too funny. They said all oh, the lines sounded like comedy. I mean, I get that, but it's like, either go the whole hog or not at all. Like, Metal Gear Solid 3 got around this by basically saying that, um, you know, if they were speaking Russian, they just spoke full English with an, an American accent. But, you know, it was implied that we were all, they were all speaking in Russian. And then when we saw the one Russian guy, um, the, the guy who invented the Shagahod, whose name I forgot, speak in English to Snake, he had a Russian accent to denote that he was, they were, you know, everything being said was, was being spoken in American. Do, like, just go the whole hog or not at all. Like, let's just imply that they're speaking French, but give them their English accents and their full English words. When you start throwing in je ne sais quoi in the middle of all of your British uh, talking, like, that's when it gets weird. Well, that's, that's, that's because the animus only translates what is important. The animus can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, See, I'm telling you, devil's advocate over here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I loved the series, and I, I loved it before 
any of this happened. Well, and I'm very sad <laughs> that I haven't been able to fucking play the new one because it doesn't work on my PC. Oh, goodness, yeah. Every character I speak to in an Assassin's Creed game seems to be slightly confused as to which country they're meant to be from, and I am not looking forward to that with England because I actually understand England enough to be like, yes, you're messing up this. What what kind of English person are you making? I don't understand. They're all going to be Dick Van Dyke. No, no, no. Some, some, some of them are going to be Mary Poppins. Yeah, there will be a, a Mary Poppins in there somewhere. I think video games in general are 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 still in teething stages when it comes to that kind of thing of of getting cultures and and countries and things right. Yeah, well, I mean, you make a film, you go to a country, you film on location, you research the culture, and you know, video games are developed in a very internal <clears throat> environment. Um, you know, not that they don't do research, but it's not like you're there like in the actual place making the game, where, where you would be in a film on location shooting, you know, a, a, some, a film set in Madrid and you're in Madrid. It's going to be very different from rendering Madrid in, you know, Paris or wherever you're developing. I, I have a very important question from Twitter about Assassin's Creed that I think I need to bring up now. Mm-hmm. Twitter user Piss Wizard wants to know... <laughs> does, does that guy in Assassin's Creed ever fuck the Animus? Uh, I, I have questions. I have I, questions about I have, that. I have theories about this. I, I have one answer for this question, mm-hmm. which is that I think that that question can be answered by showing you the messed up faces in Assassin's Creed Unity. I think that the reason <laughs> the faces are messed up is because someone who wasn't in the Animus decided to have some fun may have broken the machine slightly. You know, now that you mention it, if I had an Animus... <laughs> You know the way in the story plotline now they're like basically the animus is going public and everyone ha- is getting like something similar. Like, would you would not be the first thing everyone would do would be to go and like try and shag someone? Absolutely, it would be the <laughs> it would be like the sex game on the uh, the virtual reality machine in Red Dwarf. Like, it would be yeah. nothing but porny scenarios. But that's that's my question because the the question is, does the dude fuck the animus now? When you think of Animus and virtual reality, you think, okay, does he get into the machine, plug himself in, go to France or Spain or whatever, and have himself some period sex with with some Spanish lovelies? Or should we take that question literally? And when he says, does he fuck the Animus, do do we mean he gets behind the machine and just kind of sadly humps it while everyone looks around going, oh, Desmond. I think that's what I think that is how we're supposed to interpret the question. I think that is the entire explanation yes. for Assassin's Creed Unity's bugs. I think someone decided, hey, you know what would be fun while this guy's unconscious in the animus? What if I <laughs> <laughs> And the guy takes off the animus, it's like the animus seems to be glitching up, is there anything wrong? And the technicians just stood there with a with a kitchen towel or something, wiping up the desk like oh, no, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. Um I, I don't know what I don't know what you're on about, mate. I really would like the next Assassin's Creed game to be called Assassin's Creed, why don't I fuck it? Assassin's Creed, I'd probably better wipe that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Assassin's Creed spunky mishaps. Okay. Do we have any other quest- games to talk about? Do we have any other games to talk about? Well, uh, I recently played Dragon Age, Dragon Age, Dragon Age. Oh, you want to talk about Dragon Age again? <laughs> I didn't mention yeah. I didn't mention last week. My wife has been playing Dragon Age. She's a big Dragon Age fan. She's called her character Barbara Tanner Boyd. And I cannot stand that that's happened. Is this a, a real person she's named it after? Or? She just wanted to give it the most, like, 
common-sounding southern name she could. And then she complains that she does, she's not feeling the, 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 the game's environment as much as, as she had the other ones. I'm like, you called your main character Barbara Tanner Boyd! What would you have called your, uh, the character then? What would you have replaced it with that would have been less southern British? Oh, I, I can tell you what I called my character. Okay, what did you call your he's, character? He's a mage, and he's called Gavdalf. I normally, I normally call all my main characters Sterling, just because it, it sounds like that could fit anywhere. You know, that can fit in medieval times, or, you know, the future. Or Chungus, because the word Chungus is fun. I, I tend to go with the, the abbreviation of my name and an initial into trying to make a fantasy-sounding name, which turns out as Lorak. Lorak works! <laughs> Lorak. It works. It fits fantasy settings enough to be like, yeah, that could be a fantasy name, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what did you want to talk about, Dragon Age? Oh, just that it's amazing. There you go, that's enough. <laughs> is, is is that your whole topic? That, that's my, my in-depth review. I may have to give it a go. R- reminder, everyone, Dragon Age is still Play the um... Uh, the Game of Thrones, the Telltale's oh, Game of Thrones. I really yeah. didn't like it. No? No, no, I was not hugely keen on, on it. Interesting. Okay, I, I don't know if you're going to, you might disagree with this, Jim, but um, this is the first Telltale game since this new wave started where it has been really noticeable to me that they were trying to shoehorn in characters from the series that they were basing it on. That I, I agree. Yeah, I really got put off every time they tried to put um, Peter Dinklage or anyone else on screen that was like, oh, you know all these characters? They knew each other. We, d- we didn't tell you it in the show, but or the books, but they know each other because reasons, and they're all is, connected is to your plot Peter because Dinklage? reasons. It, it is Peter Dinklage, and they just try and, okay, cool. they try and shoehorn in the actors from the HBO show just to be like, hey, look, they're still here. They're relevant to the plot. It's like, no, just... Do what the other Telltale games do, where they don't care about the plot and just do their own thing. Yeah, I um, <laughs> not 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 wanting to do any spoilers or anything, because um, obviously I don't want people to turn this off in a in a rage. But um, it does seem weird that we'd have characters like you know Cersei and Tyrion Lannister wanting a pri- personal audience with this handmaiden character you're playing. <laughs> For no other reason than we need to get Lena Headey and Peter Dinklage there to sell more copies. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing, is when they don't try and force in those characters into the plot, it's actually pretty good. But I just couldn't like stop noticing the fact that it was, oh, we're based on the HBO show, we'd better put our big stars in it. I, 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 think, I think what happened there is Peter Dinklage after Destiny was like, oh fuck. My, he called his agent and he said, quickly, get me in another video game as Tyrion. I need to salvage my any future video he, game career I have. He does a good performance, but every two minutes I'm being distracted by, oh, the plot that I'm actually interested in? No, we're going to shove another name-faced actor in your face for a bit. It's a, Dinklage is better in this than he is in Destiny, but he's still a bit wooden. Um, the guy who plays Ramsay Snow is excellent as a voice actor. Uh, as well as as an on camera actor, he did a fantastic job. But but and he at least made a bit more sense plot wise than the other characters. Um, mm. But you know, I liked it. It certainly wasn't. I didn't like it as much as I like Tales from the Borderlands. I love yeah. Tales from the Borderlands so far. Um, but yeah, Game of Thrones. I I do hope they change that because right now I'm expecting you know one of the player characters to just look straight at the camera and go, "Hey everyone, it's Jon Snow from HBO's Game of Thrones." Fellow Morgulis, everyone. Well, here's my thing. I'm probably going to play episode two, 
I don't know if I'm going to continue beyond that. This is the first series that, that uh, of the new Telltale games that I've played episode one and not been confident. Yeah, I'll play the series through. Like, this is going to have to win me back in episode two. I'm so far not sold. Yeah, um... I just have fun- I have fundamental fundamental problems with 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 Telltale's games, and it's completely down to taste. You know, sometimes I feel like I would be happier just sitting on the couch watching them than partaking in them, because the bits you do partake in seem very rudimentary. I I disagree when it comes to say like um, Telltale season like The Walking Dead season two, the ending of that in many ways, like, it had several different branches it could go down, and it felt very much like I had made a decision and I was living with the consequences. Yeah. And for me, that was worth the time I put into playing that, was just, like, the final choice that came, or the final set of choices that came down were, oh, goodness, I'm actually having some impact on selecting an ending that isn't going to annoy me. And I like I, that. Oh, no, I absolutely, I absolutely get, like... I absolutely think they do that brilliantly. The whole choices thing. We talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. I just feel as as video games, something feels a little like I wish their puzzles were a bit more involving and I wish their gameplay sections just had just I don't know, a little bit more spark, you know? I, I can appreciate I can appreciate that feeling because I've I reviewed a bird story this week, which is the sort of spiritual sequel to a game called To the Moon. And I entirely felt mm-hmm. that way about it. It was like this would have been better with zero interactions, and even then, it wouldn't have been very good. I must finish To the Moon. That was a lovely little game. Yeah, I never got far in it. To the Moon is fantastic. I really recommend it to like anyone. It's a beautiful narrative that works really hard to earn your heartfelt feelings. A bird story is kind of nonsensical, and I really struggle to find any kind of depth in it whatsoever, and it lacks any kind of interaction, and I can't recommend it at all, well, which is shame. really depressing. <laughs> Because I loved the first game so much. Well, I also played Haunted House, Cryptic Graves. Um, Spoilers, I I think it might be shit. (laughs) I think you might be right. Uh, It is Atari's reboot. Uh, Now, bear in mind, they're also rebooting Alone in the Dark soon as well. So if this is an indicator, a herald of what's to come, don't get your hopes up for Alone in the Dark. I'm fairly certain Atari still having no... The last Alone in the Dark was so good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, I I watched you playing that one, actually. That was very funny. Yeah, that that was a sad, awful time. Uh, Never got anywhere near the end. Like, my last playthrough was, I I just said, fuck it. You're not having any more of these. I'm done. I need to move on with my goddamn life. Um, But Atari clearly having no money. I really think they funded these reboots with change they found at the back of the couch. Um... (laughs) Haunted House, like, when it, when I booted it up, like, I've got the video on the, my YouTube channel, um, like, I was confused, because I thought it was a brand new game, uh, it was presented like a brand new game, but when I started playing it, I was, I thought I'd got the facts wrong, because it genuinely looks like an old DOS game from the 90s, and I'm not being hyperbolic or trying to insult it, I mean, obviously I'm trying to insult it, but I'm not saying that as a hyperbolic insult, I mean, I literally was confused because I thought I was playing something from good old game. The, the graphics are very muddy, and the even at a 1080 resolution, um, it looked way like, fuzzier than that, than, it, than 1080. The voice acting is muffled, and again, sounds like old, poorly condensed sound files. 
But no, no, it's a brand new game. This is what they call a modern reimagining. Uh, if modern means you're also watching it while Saved by the Bell is at the height of its fame. Um, some amazing bugs that I found were uh, the walls uh, you can see through. If you go near any walls in the game, uh, your eyes apparently go through a few inches and you can see what's beyond it. Uh, and that's nice. not a feature. It's literally your half of your head just clips through everything. Can, can I just ask now, are you sure that this wasn't made by Ubisoft? <laughs> are you certain of that? <laughs> no, this this is Atari who clearly saw Ubisoft's uh, innovations in the field of fucking things up and thought, well, we're not having that. Um at one point, this was near the end of my playthrough video, I went down a spiral staircase and tried to go back up, but the game didn't recognise that they were stairs and saw each step as a mini platform that I had to jump up. I had to jump up the stairs, constantly round and round. Uh, but I couldn't... I had to glitch through the wall because I kept getting stuck and it just... I just kept jumping and jumping and jumping until the game just kind of spat me out. And then I had to go back down, but a monster that was down there just stood frozen. Like, it was just frozen at the foot of the stairs, blocking my path. And literally the only option was to die. That's when I stopped. I think Steam needs to get its shit together, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. You know who else needs to get their shit together? Because I've now actually played a little bit of um, a wonderful game. There's this game called Sonic Boom. Oh, good. Yeah, I I had a look. I thought, you know what? I'm I I want to know quite how bad this is and actually get try putting my hands on it. My goodness. Um the easiest way to get through that game, Knuckles is jump. You can pause and then unpause and continue the jump. You can just jump infinitely up in the air and you can skip past all of the game and just get to the end of the game. That's how I recommend you play this game. Just just jump over the, the, the game and get to the ending. Um, that, that is my entire recommendation. Sonic Boom. Play as Knuckles. That sounds jump amazingly over the game. fun. <laughs> <laughs> jump from the start of the game to the end of the game and get past the game and put the game away and don't play the game. Anything that means you don't have to listen to the in-game fucking dialogue. Like... I oh, you still you still do. You'll be jumping uh, through the air and it will trigger cutscenes out of order. Oh, good. Um, I still can't... Like, every time they saw a bounce pad, it was like they just experienced a bounce pad for the first time. Oh, hey, a bounce pad! Oh, it's a bounce pad! Bounce pad! I'm, 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 I'm piecing together the story from bits of cutscenes <laughs> I saw while jumping across the map. Um, from what I understand, Sonic and Tails are either from the future or the past and their ancestors saved the world or also were partially responsible for destroying it and as such wow um amy and knuckles don't have any um any part in this time travely plot but they're there in the game for some reason like they're just hanging around um and then the ultimate evil the Sonic at the beginning unleashes the ultimate evil but by trying to not do it and the whole game is oh i fucked up i'd better like undo everything I did. Time to get Knuckles to jump across the map, get to the ending, jump past the whole game, and seal him back up in rock. So it's Prince of Persia, Sands of Time in Sonic form, but shit. Yes, all of those I things. Think, I, th- I think even that is giving it too much credit. <laughs> I think saying shit Prince of Persia is too much credit. I think the most fun I had with Sonic Boom was that I realised as Knuckles you can jump over the map, you can jump over the map, fall out of the map so you're infinitely falling 
And then because of his ability to jump in midair and to just eternally jump, you just let yourself fall for a bit and then you can jump your way back up to the world. Wow. So if you fall out of the world map and you've got some time on your hands, you can jump back up to the world map. <laughs> why, why you would want to is another story. <laughs> because it's the only piece of fun there is to be found in that game is jump out of the map and then wait a bit and jump your way back up to the map. It is a beautifully crafted game, and also has nothing to do with the DS version. In the DS version, and the Wii U version, Sonic meets Lyric for the very... Lyric being the evil snake bad guy, for the very first time, in totally different situations. Is that somehow because of this whole stupid time travel mechanic? Nope, there is... Is it possibly one of them is future Sonic, one's past Sonic? I don't know. Nope, as far as I can tell... The DS version and the Wii U version are two completely different canons. I'm like, oh, it's the Sonic... Se- does, does Sega have to overcomplicate the Sonic series so much that a brand new, fresh reboot already has two different canons? It's fine. In my in my canon for that series, um, everyone has the ability to fly by jumping infinitely and they got themselves out, locked outside of the world and there never had to be a Sonic game ever again because no one could find Sonic and his team because they fell out of the world and as such, very sad, no more Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> in my canon, they keep meeting people for the first time and seem surprised at bounce pads all the time because they are heavily medicated because of the awful surgeries that have gone through to make Sonic's legs that long and... For the steel implants that had to be put in Knuckles' legs to support that top-heavy Scott Steiner frame he apparently has now. Sonic Boom is a story of medical madness gone wrong. So guys, there's there's people on Twitter asking us some questions. Oh, damn those people (laughs) and their questions. Goodness, what what do they want to know? What do they want from us? I like like this one. Leo of Moon says, what is all of your favourite PS1 games? Um, None of them. Yeah, I have to say, when the PS1 came out, it was when I just discovered guitars and bands, and I kind of skipped gaming for a while, until the end of the PS2 cycle. I think I played Crash Bandicoot, I might have played Spyro, and I think I played Final Fantasy VII at the time. Yeah, of of those, I liked the ones that were games, I don't know. (laughs) And Orestus Caesar says, what... What do we think David Cage's next emotions game will be? <laughs> it will be about the emotion that is Sonic. <laughs> I would love to see him do a Sonic. It's going to be called Cambries, and it will have Kerry Mulligan naked. <laughs> so that David Cage can feel all of the emotions from Kerry Mulligan. It will be about the, the feelings that Sonic instills in me. So it's going to be a game about sadness, regret, anger disappointment, resentment, a little bit of misplaced trust, a little bit of hope, and then all of those feelings being crushed. And he'll have Scarlett Johansson playing Sonic, and Chris Pratt as Knuckles. <laughs> oh, okay, and we ha- okay, we definitely have to answer this just one more, because he said Coke or Pepsi, and I think we all know, Laura, what the answer to that one is. Yeah, between Coke and Pepsi, the answer is... Call of Duty Advanced Warfare Monster Assault Energy, the drink, the greatest drink that I have ever been given, I mean that I've ever purchased for myself. And I believe you can buy that I in mean, stores right now, am I correct? I believe it's in stores right now. Go to your local Tesco, it's on offer for £1. You can go get some 
Call of Duty Advanced Warfare Monster Assault Energy, the drink. One pound right now at Tesco. You'd have to be cool of fucking stupid to not buy your can now. I didn't answer the PS1 questions. Um, I liked Metal Gear Solid. I liked Final Fantasy IX. I liked Toomba, because it's called Toomba. Oh, oh, I liked Bubsy 3D. Was that the PlayStation 1? I believe it was, yes. That's fine. I'm going to go with Bubsy 3D. I used to play a lot of Alien Trilogy. It aged very poorly, but Alien Trilogy was a bit of a laugh. Dino Crisis was good. Yeah, Dino... Actually, I got confused for a moment. I No, Dino Crisis I have not actually played, and I am ashamed of myself. I don't know how they've aged, but at the time they were... I mean, you're, you've got a T-Rex on screen, and you're like, Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> We need more. We need more Twitter questions. So just to just to to do the one that I keep being asked, I'm gonna ask it. Are we going to talk about a certain someone and pitches for video games? I keep being asked. What are we gonna do about this? How do we stop pitches. people asking us this? Question? They'll never stop. What? Um, pitches for they video they games. want people. They want Willem Dafoe video game pictures. People want us to talk about Willem Dafoe, because I've done that before on other podcasts, and everything must be the same. Yeah, everything must be the same and never change, so do we do do we, do we we reward them, or do we tell them, fuck off, it's not going to happen? Well, here's the thing. In future podcasts are going to have a data communications towers dotted around them, and you parkour and climb your way up them, and then unlock Willem Dafoe movie pictures on the map. That's how it's going to work. I like this thinking. Either that or, you know, if you can if you can buy enough Call of Duty Advanced Warfare Monster <laughs> Assault Energy the drink, we will do some for you. Remember, go buy it now, everyone. I was going to make a David Cage joke, and then I remembered he was actually in David Cage's last game. Yeah, and woefully wasted. What do you want about? He did a fantastic performance with zero flaws in it and no, like, no narrative flaws whatsoever. Yeah, well, he did all right. He did all right. But, you know, you, you've got Willem Dafoe, and not at one point does he go, <laughs> What's the point of that? That's why he exists. You know, the worst thing about David Cage's games is all the characters just say other characters' names over and over. All I remember from that game is Jody, 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 Jody. Jason. Jason. So, Kerry Mulligan's character in, in the next one is going to be called Josie, <laughs> which is halfway between Jason and Jody, and the whole game is just going to be Josie, 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 Josie. I am already feeling at least ten emotions because of that. That's not nearly enough emotions, Jim. Feel more emotions. I'm trying! <laughs> I demand fifteen emotions. <laughs> I need more monster Call of Duty assault energy! The drink! The drink! The official drink of the game! <laughs> <laughs> I can't help but feel like this is about a good time to wrap up. I think that's probably for the best, because all of this energy drink won't finish itself. Um, right, <laughs> let's do some shilling. Let's do some evil shilling. Um, Laura, where can people see more of your stuff and give you money and monster energy to do more stuff? Well, you can find me at uh, on Twitter at Laura K Buzz, and if you want to help me to buy all of the monster energy, Call of Duty, Advanced Warfare, Assault Energy, the drink that I can drink, in order to transcend this life and be able to, you know, attain my true form as a games journalist, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Laura K Buzz. <laughs> And give me money to buy Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pizzas to review. <laughs> and Gavin! Uh, well, you're going to want to follow me on Twitter this week, at Miracle of Sound, because I have my Dragon Age song coming out this week, and it's fucking brilliant! <laughs> 
It's great. It's ridiculous and pompous and over the top. And it sounds like Iron Maiden on fucking speed. Well, there you go. Great. And um, that, that video will be posted on your YouTube channel, I believe. Am I correct? That would be the yes, Miracle of will. Sounds YouTube yes, channel. Will. I'm subscribed. Are you? I'm, 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 I'm not. I feel pretty shit right subscribe. now. Subscribe. Everyone needs to get on it. Um, drink more Monster Energy if it'll help you do it quicker. Uh, and I am Jim Sterling. You can see me at Jim Sterling on Twitter. Uh, go check out reviews and stuff at thejimquisition.com. See me on YouTube at uh, forward slash Jim Sterling. And I've got a Patreon as well, which funds this lovely show and all the other stuff that I do at the moment, um, which is uh, forward slash Jimquisition at Patreon. And that's that. Uh, thank you, as usual, for joining us. Um, we've had a lovely time, I believe. And uh, we will be back next week. This should be the normal time, sort of midweek. Uh, and that's that. So, bye. Bye. Bye.